Hey guys, before we get going on this episode, I just wanted to take a moment because we've been receiving a lot of emails. So also, if I have not gotten back to you on, your, on an email you guys have sent, I apologize. Uh, it's been hard for us to keep up recently. But if you have been asking about the Catholic Man Show campout, when is registration going to be open? When is the campout? Registration for the 5th Annual Catholic Man Show campout will be open for our patrons starting this Monday, August the 9th. Uh, we open it up to our patrons first, give them the first right of refusal because we only have 50 spots available. And then after that, uh, on Wednesday or Thursday, the 11th or 12th of August, we will open it up to the public. Uh, if you are a patron, this campout is completely free. This is uh, world-class cooking from Juan. All of that is taken care of for you so you don't have to worry about food. We have beer. We have a whiskey tasting. If you are flying in and need camping equipment, we will take care of that for you. We try to make it as easy as possible for anybody who's trying to travel here to Oklahoma for the Catholic Command Show Campout. Uh, if you're not a patron member, why? No, I'm just joking. Uh, it's only $50, which is still a really good deal. We don't, we barely break even. Uh, we're not doing this to make money, but to have fun, to have fellowship, to enjoy each other's company, to talk about meaningful things around the campfire, to enjoy the real. And so, fifth annual campout coming up. A registration is going to be open. If you're just now hearing about it, uh, the campout is. 23rd, 24th, 25th, and 26th of September. It is at Clear Creek Monastery. This is a Benedictine monastery in Holbert, Oklahoma, about an hour outside of Tulsa, uh, that we've talked about many times on the show, but it is they are a, a treasure to the diocese. They are a gift. They are uh, contemplative monks, so they chant, they pray, they work, or at Labora. Uh, it is a great experience to just be out there as well. So anyway, if you go to thecatholicmanshow.com, you will be able to register for the 5th Annual Catholic Mancho Campout. We have some great prizes, some great things that we're going to be doing for the campout this year with it being our 5th year. So anyway, I just wanted to touch base with you guys on this. We recorded this episode about a week before uh, it's actually going out, so... We talked about it on the show, but we did not uh, release an actual date that we were going to be um, opening the registration. So I just wanted to be clear there. So hope you guys enjoy the show, and cheers to Jesus. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here in studio with David Niles. We have Juan back. Thank goodness. Hey, if you guys did not listen to last week's episode when we interviewed uh, Bishop David Condola, we had an apostle. We had an apostle on, on the, show. the show. It was a really great show. We talked about his letter, um, Lord, I am not worthy. If you have not read the letter, you can go to our... Go read the letter. It, it's phenomenal. Anyway, if you it was read really a, great. If you want to read something good from a bishop, go read the letter. Go go read that letter. But luckily we have Juan back because if you if you go to our YouTube channel and you'll watch us like just... Or maybe it's Facebook. 
regardless, one of them, we were just on the struggle bus for a little while trying to get everything going, and now we have Juan back. It's, it's great a shocker. To, we actually have the whole team back. The, the gang's back, guys. The gang's all here. The gang's all here. We got Jim over here hanging so out. The boys are back in town. Uh, Dave's back from his vacation. Dave, I have so much stuff that I wanted to tell you last episode with, with Bishop here that has happened because we you know, haven't been around. I had stories. I think we both had stories we wanted to tell. Yes. It just wasn't, it wasn't the it wasn't, setting. It wasn't the setting. So I'm going to tell some of them today. I want to hear some of them. Okay. Maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Can we can we open the, the, the bourbon today? What's the, what's the bourbon today? To hear is to obey. Do you hear that? I opened yeah, it. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, I don't know. You bought it. Well, no, you brought it. It's Rough Rider straight bourbon whiskey finished in brandy casks. Uh, it's a, a rye. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's a, a double cask. Yeah, I'm really excited about it to high, try it out. It says a high rye bourbon. Uh, I'm also excited to try it, try it because it fits in with one of the stories that I was going to tell you. No kidding. Yes. Uh, so, uh, rodeo Fourth of July rodeo in Hartshorn, America. In Hartshorn, America, this rodeo, you get to basically, if you are a living, breathing person, you want to participate in the ro- in, in the rodeo. And you have a little bit of cash. Yes, you can ride a bull. You can ride a bull. You can do things uh, in the ro- in the rodeo. I don't, I don't know if they'll let you ride a bull. Yeah, they will. A I bull? almost did it. I almost did it. They but would I, let without a with, rodeo card. Yeah. Are yes. you serious? I'm I'm so totally serious, Clark. They were gonna put you on a bull. Yes. Okay. This idiot <laughs> yeah, wants, to ride a bull. wants to ride the bull. Put him on it. <laughs> yeah. Be hilarious. It'd be hilarious. But I'll Jude, I would do it. Yeah, but Jude uh, won the mutton busting contest. He's a rough rider, uh, bourbon. Uh, nice, he, I get he, it. He run, He won the the mutton busting contest, which is if you don't know what mutton bu- mutton busting is, it is sheep riding. Yeah, look it up on YouTube. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. So Jude, out of forty, you need to put the video on our. Uh, I put it on Facebook. So you did yeah. So Jude won it. So he he. he Man, he was holding on. There to was life. nothing gonna get him off, off that, that sheep. sheep. No, so he won it. He get he gets a big belt buckle that says uh, Hartshorn Rodeo Mutton Busting Champion 2021 with like a sapphire. It looks yeah. like it's a, not a sapphire, but it looks it like looks it. like one. Yeah, and it's, it's a huge belt it's buckle. It's huge. It's awesome. It's a yes, and he won a hundred hundred and sixteen dollars, which is like. Infinity. So, it's yeah. like it's like infinity money. At six years old, he he knows it's just a ton of money. So I said, Jude, what are you gonna buy? He said, a boat. Yeah. <laughs> because he knows a boat costs a lot of money. He now has a lot of money. Right. $116. Obviously. So I'm gonna go buy a boat. I have I'm within the boat realm. Right. So he bought that. And then Jude or Luke uh rode a a bronc. Like he actually rode a bucking bronc. Um First time, never, never been on a horse before. Yeah, um, not a horse at all. Not a horse at all. No, all right. Um, I was very, very proud of him. Anna also mutton busted, kind of. She tried to get off before the in the shoot before the, the sheep even got off. I was down there holding her. So anyway, it was awesome. It was it was really cool. It was a proud moment as a dad, like a city a city folk get come down there to Hartshorn Rodeo and just whoop up on them, whoop up on them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, prime stock coming down from the big city <laughs> all right let's try it. uh one of the lord's team the winning side so raise your glass cheers cheers to jesus cheers i like the color just right off the bat i really like yeah, the color I like i like a darker color of my my whiskey uh i'm getting this is a nice uh like honey amber i just i just smelled the microphone <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> a little rusty, huh? I had the glass you in been, my hand. You've been, you have been I here for a while. The microphone. That I've is been hilarious. here a while. It's it, it'll come back to you. Uh, orange peel, lime, a little bit of. Um, I'm getting feathered hay. Honeysuckle. Feathered hay. You know, like when you take hay and you feather it. <laughs> feathered hay. <laughs> That's what I'm getting on the nose. Orange, a little bit of lemon lime, and honeysuckle. It's, a very, it's very clean uh, on the nose. You know, mm-hmm. it's not overpowering. It's very clean. I'm getting the honeysuckle as well. I second that comment. For wow. it being a rye, it's not. There's not a lot of bite. I was gonna say, it's I'm not, not rough. Sure, if you've given this for to a me, rough rider, I would. I wouldn't have said that's a rye. It kind of tastes like a regular, like just a bourbon. Has some good caramel notes to it. Uh, yeah, it's there's, a, some, there's a, some caramel. It's, in a, there. it's sweet at the very beginning. Yeah, on the palate, it's kind of sweet the whole time. Uh, little subtle fruit notes in the very back. It's and it was only uh, I believe thirty eight dollars. Honestly, that's delicious. It's a good... 38? 38, I believe. Is it really? I know it says high rye. Mm-hmm. Is it actually... Is that just like a name? Is it actually a rye? It is a rye, yes. That yes. is the most mild rye. It's 90 proof, so it's not hmm. not too bad. It's good. I think it's, I think it's very good. What's one of your stories that you had? Uh, For 38 bucks? That's a winner. That's a win? I'm going to look for that one in the store. Rough Rider. Double cask. That's, that's, that is good. Okay, so uh, we were in Michigan for a couple weeks. Our cabin up there is just it's just really a, a peaceful... It, it's really my favorite place. Um, and we were driving back. It's a 15-hour drive. We were going straight from the cabin to Pamela's family reunion in Arkansas. 15-hour drive, right? Mm-hmm. We're... And we're, we're going to do it all in one day. On the way up there, we stopped. We broke it up uh, into two days. But I was just going to like, nope, we're going to just we're power do through. This. Power yeah. through. Yep. We get an extra day here at the cabin, you know, whatever. So we leave real early in the morning. We get into St. Louis, uh, which is, you know, at this point, we've been on the road for like nine hours or something. Um, a long time. It's about halfway. Uh-huh. So... Um, Right as we're coming into East St. Louis, I was trying to throw... What kind of rough part of town? East St. Louis does not have a good reputation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will just tell you that. I don't, I don't know how things are in East St. Louis these days, but I will tell you at one point, that was not a place you wanted to go. Nelly sang about it back in the 90s, I think. Right. It's just... That was a It's deep just cut. not something... You, it's, not a, it's not on the tourist list. So Sure. Uh, right as we're coming in, I am attempting to throw an M&M to each one of the girls in the back. And uh, so... As you're driving. You're uh, driving. I'm driving. Okay, I don't recommend that. Okay. I just wanted to clarify. And I just hit the... Wah! On the side of the road. What yeah. is that called? I have no idea what that's called. The wake-up alarm. The thing. Yeah. With the, when, they, when they do the stuff on the yeah. road, and it goes... Wah! Yeah. I liked mine better. But it doesn't go... It goes... Wah! That's what it sounds like. Okay. Anyway, you obviously drive so slow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, right after that, I immediately see this low pressure, tire pressure, and uh, look down. It says zero on my back, back left tire. It's great. So I pull over. It's totally popped. 
so I'm, and my wife, she's like, do you know how to put on, do you know how to change a tire? I was like, <laughs> watch this. <laughs> I took off my shirt and said, honey, hold this. Ripped it. <laughs> First thing you got to rip the sleeves. Yeah. Um, I do know how to change a flat tire. So I get the tire out. I'm working on it. And, uh, you know, I was making good progress. And then all of a sudden this guy pulls over uh, and he comes up and he's like, looks like you could uh, use a, uh, what, do you, what do you call those jacks? Uh, floor jack? A floor jack. Yeah. It looks like you could use a floor jack. I got one. And he's kind of, a, I don't know how old he was. He's, you know, maybe 60. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, I got some stuff, but you're going to have to do the work. And I was like, all right, I'm fine Deal. with that. Yeah. So I walk over to his truck and yep, he's got a floor jack and, uh, you know, you can, that gets the car off the ground in a few seconds right. as opposed to like five minutes, you right. know? Um, and so he was, his name was Gerald and I'm like doing like getting the nuts off the tire and he says, I'm not a very good person, but <laughs> I do stop to help people when they got a flat tire. It's the one thing I do for the church. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, Gerald, you were a godsend today. Yeah. And, uh, and he's telling me like, I got a doctor's appointment. I, so we, I don't have a lot of time, but if, if if you think we can do this quickly, I can you know help you and stuff. And so <laughs> I'm not a nice person. <laughs> he said I'm I'm not a very good person. I'm not a very good person. That's the one thing I do for the church. Uh, and so you know, we got God, it changed. God bless him. Yeah, we got it changed. And I was like, thank you very much. Put it, you know, get it back in his truck. And he was going to make it to his doctor's appointment. And I was like, Gerald, let's pray. Uh, nice. And so. Yeah, I I just led us in a in a quick prayer, and then when I'm done, I look up and Gerald is on the verge of just totally breaking down in tears, and he's like, "All right, I gotta go." On <laughs> this truck and left. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Is it's it a, deep, is it just beautiful prayer, huh? I thought it was a good prayer. I mean, didn't make me cry. <laughs> yeah, it was it. Honestly, I think that he stopped. The Lord wanted it more for him than for me. I'm not, a, I'm not a good person. Not a very good person. Here's to you, Gerald. We'll be right back. This segment of the Catholic Man Show is brought to you by the Catholic Woodworker. Go to thecatholicwoodworker.com for heirloom quality home altars, crucifixes, and rosaries. It's also the only place where you can get the official rosary of the Catholic Man Show. Type in promo code TCMS for 10% off all purchases. TCMS for the Catholic Man Show. CatholicWoodworker.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, we got Juan Posada and Jim Spencer in the studio. Thanks for being here, guys. You too, Adam. Thanks for being here, Adam. It's my house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thanking you for being here. You know what? The polite I, thing to do, Adam, is just say, hey, I don't you're get welcome. A, I don't get a lot of people who actually thank me for being in my house, so I appreciate I'm that. I'm just trying to... Trying to be nice. I'm trying to be like Gerald. I'm not a good person. <laughs> it's the one thing I do. 
Yeah. I I do thank people though for being where they are. Hey, um something else I got to tell you. The way you said that makes me a little nervous. <laughs> but go ahead. Okay. Luke like like did his first bass fishing tournament mm. and qualified for the state championship He's fishing legit. tournament. He's like halfway being pro. He's halfway being pro, yeah. So it's his first fishing tournament. Can you go pro at nine years old? No, no, I don't believe so. Um, and he's not even nine yet. Well, that was like when he gets to be nine. Yeah, so he he, he qualified for the state tournament. I figured it'll take about a year before he gets he to can be actually pro. Do it, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was the top third. Uh, there's over forty some odd teams. So is this a youth? fishing tournament right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep on you know on a bass boat so and it was the first time to ever fish from a ba- from a boat which is a different skill set right sure you know you're not on the ground you're uneven uh you're now having to be a lot more particular where you're landing your lure because you're either fishing maybe on a dock or close to a dock or you know in brush you know there's just a lot more things to go wrong and when you're moving you have to realize like oh if you cast alongside this log well now you're gonna move, move. so you're gonna be dragging over on top of you know right there's yeah. just a lot more anyway yeah, more elements he did a great job uh he actually won so it's a bass tur- fishing tournament anything that's not a bass is considered a junk fish mm-hmm. uh, there was a, a prize for junk fish the biggest junk fish and he won that he won he caught a five pound catfish i thought you were about to say bluefin tuna no like, in lake tin killer lake tilly tin killer <laughs> Nope, uh, caught a catfish, ten, uh, five pounds. <laughs> That'd be so. hilarious if you just like <laughs> went to the pet store and you bought yourself like a big fish. <laughs> you put it, like like some exotic fish that obviously doesn't live in Lake right. Tinkiller and right. you tried to turn it in. <laughs> it's like... Uh, Sword, a, swordfish. Is that a lionfish? <laughs> yep, pulled it right out down <laughs> near the dam. <laughs> uh, sir... <laughs> This is a saltwater fish. (laughs) The judge is going to have to go over some things regarding your complete entry. Uh, But so I was super proud of him. He did a great job. Had to wake up super early. Over five hours of fishing, which is a long time for him. That was a lot of fishing. It's a lot of fishing. He did a great job. At the the end, he goes, Dad, you think we could uh, hit the pond on the way home to go fishing? I was like, son, we just fished for five hours. We're not going to go fishing when we get home. But I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I was really proud of him. Had to. That, that is awesome. So in August, we're going to go to the state championship. Sweet. So I'm pumped about that. And they're going to do flag football this year. Really pumped about that as well. Big year. Be Big, Big year for the Minahan boys. Man. So today, so we're going to talk about hospitality today. We're talk, This is the man gear section. If you're new to the show, we have a drink. We have a Adam. Why do gear. we drink on the show? We haven't talked about that in a while. We like to. Uh, we, we like ha- it. Yeah, we like to because we're sinners. That's why. Uh, we have a man gear and then a topic. While you were gone on your one month hiatus, there's a thing that you were involved in that you just dropped the ball on. You just left everybody high and dry. You're talking about the chickens? Nope. No, I'm not I'm talking about the Saint Joseph Novena. Yeah, and uh, so I have been meaning to ask you about that. Actually, <laughs> so the Minahan family have you been doing it. Ha- it's a blessing that we that we gave you. Yes, it so is a beautiful novena. It's a beautiful novena. Have, have you done that one before? No, it was the first time. 
Yeah, it's incredible. We so anyway, before you leave today, I got to give it back to you. Okay, did you is today number nine? Yesterday was number nine actually. Oh, okay. So that's okay. Um. So anyway, what it is is J. Tom Deacon J. Thomas from the diocese. He is a deacon of Holy Family Cathedral. He is a man who I wish, like, I aspire to be to be someday. Like he raises his family. Just he's a role model. Mm-hmm. And what he decided to do on the year of Saint Joseph is to get a group of families together to to pl- pray a continuous novena to St. Joseph. And so what he did was he had... He, he has this, this little shrine. Shrine, a St. Joseph shrine that he put in a... Basically, picnic. it looks like a picnic basket that they kind of... Just, no, he found that. That's like, found a, that's like a real shrine that he found like on eBay or something. Wow. Um, and it says Ora Pro Nobis on it. So it's it's like a no. I'm talking about the basket that it's in. Oh, okay. You're talking. Yeah, yeah. The, that's just a basket. He. Right. I'm sorry. That's what I was saying. I thought you were talking about the actual shrine. Oh, no, 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 no. I apologize. So he put so there's basket. He puts the shrine, which is a Saint Joseph shrine, um, Saint Joseph statue. That the with, shrine itself is like it's beautiful. It's, a be- it's a small but beautiful. It's like you can tell it comes from the old school. Mm-hmm. And so what he did was he. He put it in this picnic basket, and on the picnic basket, picnic basket lid, he has the list of families that are involved. And so each family prays the novena for nine days, and then passes it to the next family. And they mm-hmm. pray it for nine days, and then pass it to the next family throughout the whole year of uh, St. Joseph. Going. And it just keeps going. And, and we pray for each other. We pray for our families and for the other families. So it's like you constantly have a novena to St. Joseph being said for your family. Which... These are one of these th- the, the things that, when I hear it, I'm thinking like, why did I not think of this? Mm-hmm. What a great idea. Yeah. What a great idea to build community, to build your up your prayer life, mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, to be able to promote the devotion of St. Joseph with your children. Yeah. And so on the Feast of St. Joseph, our group has St. Joseph parties sometimes. Right. And so anyway, so I thought it was a great idea through the year of St. Joseph and it's not too late to start if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking like, that is a great idea. I'd like to get three or four or five families together and do this. Like, you can do that. Yeah, we're actually in the process of replicating the shrine. Um, oh, you are? Uh, great. So he had a 3D mo- model sent, made. It's beautiful. And I had it, I sent it to India and we're having um, uh, sand cast. Nice. Because uh, we looked everywhere. for Because the, the shrine itself really facilitates it's it's small it's but it's also just very beautiful mm-hmm. um and it, it gives you something to set up in your house you know you pass it around which is so there's something more real about it because when it's your turn to say the novena it's like oh it's my turn to say the novena okay i guess we'll start but it's different when you have to carry something to the next family mm-hmm. and say like here it's your something tr- tangible right exactly it's physical it's there you see it you have it you put it in your house you know right. So if you have a, a home altar, it's a perfect spot. To, you know, so it's called a traveling novena, and now there's something literally that travels. You know, right? Um, and so that 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 shrine, when he found it, it just it had nothing in it. So he put the statue, and he put like some put a fabric backing mm-hmm. uh, on it. And it just it looks really really nice. Um, the rest of it is all original, so we can put pictures up. I have I have pictures of it, but we're there's some metalwork on it that's just very ornate mm-hmm. uh, that really makes the shrine. Um, we have actually the wood already remodeled. We just don't. So hopefully, we get this uh, 
these die casts made because then we can start making a whole bunch of them. Right. Um, you know, we could buy them like in bulk if we wanted. Sure. From this place in India. So, so you've been doing it a lot longer than I have because I've only been doing it for nine days. I think we've been doing it for like two years, maybe. Oh, two years? I thought it was just for the St. Joseph, the year of St. Joseph. You've been doing that for two years? Yeah, it was before, Saint, before the year of St. Joseph. No kidding. Uh-huh. Wow, I did not realize that. I'm pretty sure. That's awesome. Uh-huh. So what's your experience been like uh, with the kids? And- it's, yeah, it's been great. Um, uh, the, the novena itself, like I said, is very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then you end with one of the uh, Pope Leo Thirteenth. Uh, St. Joseph prayers. Right, exactly. Uh, and Well, that is to be said every day. I mean, that's just that's just what we decided, you know, as our right. group. Um, so, yeah, you say that every day, whether you have the shrine or not. Uh, oh, okay. I'm, I'm new. Like, Yeah, yeah, that's okay. So, but it's just great to, like, have these other families who, you know, uh, we started off with, a, you know, selecting families that we thought would appreciate it mm-hmm. and would be... Um, devout in the way that they did it you know that would be faithful mm-hmm. to it um be able to honor that commitment because uh, there's a lot of times you know this is a common thing where people get excited about a devotion and then it actually um devotions are rigorous mm-hmm. uh when it actually comes to doing it it's hard and it may, like often a devotion is harder than you think you mm-hmm. know what i mean mm-hmm. and so you stop um, and if it's because it becomes an inconvenient at times, well, it's inconvenient, and sometimes it's a burden. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you realize the burden of this devotion is more than what I can handle right now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and you just have to learn to discern uh, before you begin a devotion. Um, uh, Father Cosgrove started the twelve years. He did of Saint Bridget uh, a few days ago on her feast day. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. It was just a few days ago. Yeah, it was uh, of Sweden and not St. Bridget of Sweden. Of Sweden. Yeah. Of Sweden. So, um, like, that's a, that's a devotion. Should be a... We did a whole episode on that. Discern. Yeah, go back and... I just... I, w- I really want to promote that. I mean, because it's just such a... Those prayers are so beautiful. Anyway, the shrine is is really great. Um, we pass it around. It, it, it does. It builds community. Um, it builds my own devotion to St. Joseph, mm-hmm. especially with this... Um, there's just something about this particular novena. I know uh, Juan, it, it really inspired Juan, too. I mean, he he says it a lot. Yeah. Um, so if you have a group of guys in your parish, you have a patron saint, or saint, you want to do it to St. Joseph or the Blessed Virgin Mary, this would be a great idea to, like, up your prayer game, build community, promote different saints within your household. Yeah, it doesn't have to be Joseph. You could do it with, you know, any saint. Yeah. yeah. So we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about hospitality when we get back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sipping on a little bit of Rough Rider bourbon. Got done talking about a, a traveling shrine, traveling novena that you and your families could can participate in. Start one. Yeah. Just go get a statue. You don't have to have like the shrine. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's like, don't let that get in 
Don't let that prevent you from doing it. Sure. Just go get, like, go to your local Catholic book and gift store and buy a statue. Make it happen. And make it happen. Find, I mean, you just need, like, four families. Yeah. It's good to have a few more. Otherwise, it comes around. Quicker. uh, Like, very often. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's okay. Uh, But there's a, a good balance there. Yeah. So last, like we said, last week we had Bishop David Kunderla on, excuse me, uh, talking about uh, his letter that he he put out on the reception of Holy Communion in the public office and the support or how uh, the the support of abortion or how you should not be supporting abortion and receiving communion in, in a public office. And now we're going through, this is like one of my favorite times in the liturgy cycle of re- of readings because we're going through John 6 John baby. 6 you know the bread of life discourse it's the only time that i know of at least i could be wrong here but like it feels like there's content continual consecutive sundays where it's just building up on on each other oh no that happens a lot um it's over over uh-huh. a long period of time well like what do, you, what do you count as a long period i don't know of time? It's, a, it's like what four or five weeks oh yeah there's um there's definite four or five uh, that happens a lot where they're in the gospel. There's a theme that repeats for four. It's it's not as obvious. The thing about John six is like this is the like the theme. This is like the Catholic theme, right? Okay. It's, so like this is a we all get jazzed up and we we get excited the, about like it. Make banners and you know Who's like shoot banners? off like uh, poppets and confetti things. You know it's like yeah, John six, woo. Uh, you know, but it's very common, actually. Well, okay, so the reason why I said that, though, is because it separates us from uh, our Protestant brothers and sisters of what we believe, especially uh, regarding the Eucharist. Yeah. And we were talking with Bishop David Condola also about how it's a pastoral reason for to not let them participate in a communion if they're not in, in the communion itself. And a lot of times it can right. become hot, like uh, hostile, like they feel like that we're keeping them out or that you know we're not welcoming everybody in, which is the exact opposite, right? right. Everybody, we want everybody in the Catholic Church. We want you to receive communion. We actually, want you to, but to receive. you need to but be in, in communion before you can receive communion, right? And so my thought was, it would be good to talk about hus- uh, hospitality uh, today, and talk. And we actually had a episode a while back with uh, Father Brian O'Brien on hospitality in the church itself. We've never talked about hospitality. Uh, well, I think we, in that aspect, That's we have. It? I didn't see any others. Okay, Jim, if you, if you, I mean, heaven forbid we talk about something twice. Twice, I, mean, I know. It's not like because you know nobody else has we ever. Basically, done that. every time we we exhaust the topic, there's really nothing else right. to say. I mean, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but I want now we will just play our last episode. <laughs> Take the week off. <laughs> um, but you know, so. so I, I was doing some some research, and there's this book on verbum. You and I both have verbum. It's a I highly recommend totally. ha- getting it. It's it's an awesome resource. But there's a book on there, Encyclopedia of Ancient Christianity, and it talks about how Christian hospitality from the beginning involved heavy burdens for the community. That was like a quote in there, and I started thinking about. It, I was like, well, what? What, is- what book was it? What uh, it's called Encyclopedia of Ancient Christianity. Okay. And it talks about how it's going through, you know, hospitality, it, we picked it up from early Christianity, from, from our, 
uh, Jewish brothers and sisters, right? Like it, hospitality was a huge thing, even in the mm-hmm. Jewish culture, the Jewish religion. I feel like uh, it was a big thing in almost all cultures back in the day, where like you would welcome just someone traveling by, you might welcome them into, you know, in a world where things were more perilous, where you were like the, the, the chances of you dying of starvation on the road. You know, that could reasonably happen to you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you would prepare for it, so it wouldn't. But if something happened and you lost your food or whatever, like, you're in r- real trouble. You know, and so when you saw people traveling, there was more of like a, a need. You know, it's like almost like a camaraderie. Like, oh, hey, you need me. I need, you know, like, I'm here for you sort of thing. So that, uh, but it was beautiful. It's, it's something that we shouldn't have let go of. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, they've, in the in the Greek culture, in, in in the Odyssey, they talk about how Zeus tested the people by being a a traveler, and they would he would like show up to people's houses, and if they weren't hospitable to them, then he would smite them. So it was like you had yeah. to be hospitable to everybody. I mean, so it wasn't only the. The Jews, it was mm-hmm. definitely yeah. I mean, a Jewish, uh, Muslim, cult, Muslim culture is very big on hospitality, um, like for the traveler. I mean, like, hmm. I was not aware of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, so yeah, so, but I, that, that sentence struck me that it was a, it involves heavy burdens for the community. Uh-huh. And I started thinking about it. It's like, what? It's an interesting way to say it. But it, but it, it makes sense to me, right? There's a lot of times when we're hospitable to other people, if there's somebody that's new into the parish, well, come on over. Come on over for, for brunch. It's like, I wasn't planning on having brunch with you. Uh, now I need to make sure that my house is clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, drop, I'm, I'm, I'm bailing on my, my plans that I had to welcome you in. And maybe it wasn't something that I was like really planning on doing, and maybe it was actually kind of inconvenient for me. Mm-hmm. And I think in this culture today, it, it's it's easy to just get in these ruts of I do this and then I do this, and I, at least this is for me. A lot of times, my my week is so scheduled out that I it's hard for me to break off of it to make sure that I'm welcoming other people or make sure that I'm hospitable to other people yeah. uh, because it would it would ruin what I had the rest of the day. Well, I mean, and but it's in, in another way, it's so easy to be hospitable today because, oh, you welcome somebody else, like, all right, pick another loaf of bread up from the store or, like, get another pound of ground beef. Mm-hmm. I mean, picture yourself back back in the day. Oh, you welcome somebody, like, often that meant welcoming their family and everyone traveling with them. Like, you might have to go slaughter two more goats, okay? Like, you're going to be yeah. bu- busy for hours, you know, like, and and that was like what you were gonna eat for in the winter time, right? And and you thought you were like done for the for the day or something, right? Uh, I mean, so the amount of labor that went into hospitality back in the day was significant, mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas today, it's like, all right, well, let's have a pizza delivered, right? It's a, it is easier in that aspect, but in today's busy, like quote unquote, busy world, to to make the time. Yeah, there's there's a bigger emotional uh, hurdle today to overcome because uh, you know we are set we do get set in our ways kind of like what you're saying and mm-hmm. um, because things are so readily available it's like well you know like how what how big of a need could you really have right you know it's so easy to get stuff right but making sure we welcome people into the church like it drives me crazy 
when I look at the RCIA of a big parish and I, I take count and there's, you know, it's a, it's a 2000 family parish and there's seven people coming into RCIA. Yeah. Right. It's like, well, what are we doing wrong? Why are we not welcoming these people? Why, what, what is it about this parish or, or, or me or my family that we don't, we're not attracting other people, uh, and, and being the light of Christ out in the, this dark world that they're not like, wow, I want to, I want to see that. Like, why, why are we not bringing people in more? Um, and how are we not doing this in an organic way? One time I was listening to Matt Frad, oh, oh, I don't know, this was a year or more ago and on his show. And he was talking about how before he moved, cause he's now in Steubenville. Did you know that? Yeah. He's in Steubenville. Yeah. Um, that's like another little Catholic hub that is just, he moved a few months ago. Right. I didn't know. I mean, you don't listen to podcasts anymore, so I just want yeah. to make sure you... I did anyway. hear that. I did hear that. Anyway, he, he opened up his uh, house to all of his neighbors. He said, like, whatever, the third uh, Saturday of the month, it's a it's just an open party. No one has to RSVP. Just know you guys are coming. You guys can come over. Come and go as you please. Uh, we'll have drinks and some snacks. Just come over. And I thought, like, that's so easy. How, like, why, why are we not doing something like that? Yeah. Because as we've talked about before, Dave, in order to start evangelizing somebody, you have to know somebody, you know, and hospitality most of the time in, involves food, involves drink, you know, even in, in, in today's gospel, like, you know, the multiplication of loaves and fish, you know, Christ even says like, everybody t- have a seat, relax for a minute. And then, and then he feeds everybody. Right, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and the miracle uh, uh, occurs. But like he has everybody relax, everybody sit down, calm down. We'll get this. Let me do my work here. Yeah. Um, but it's just it, it just drives me crazy how like I, in my mind, I'm thinking like, oh, what, what kind of program or what do we have to do to make make people come in? And as easy as like what Matt Fry did of just opening. Hey, just letting you guys know, I posted this on our little neighborhood Facebook page or whatever. The third Saturday of the month. Everybody's coming over. Everybody can come over. Mm-hmm. And that's going to You gonna do have to cross yourself with holy water before you can We in. will sprinkle you yes. uh, with holy water as you come in. But you know what I mean like it's just like these are little things uh, in hospitality. I cook with blessed salt. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> Why is Jim over there just convulsing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he ate some of the blessed salt. Right. Um, but so Oh, you tried the pretzels. Gotcha. Uh, but I mean, don't you agree? Like, don't you think uh, one is is superb at this, right? Uh, of making sure that people feel welcome, uh, bringing them over for dinner, yeah, uh, cooking like for a, them. A hospitality machine. Yeah, his love language is hospitality. Come to the camp out, and you can see for yourself. No doubt. Uh, but turns out that Aquinas uh, had a homily on the the law of hospitality. You don't say. Yeah. So we'll go over that. On the other side of the break. Okay. We'll be right back. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great the best hotels, you're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. 
They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about hospitality. Drinking some Rough Rider whiskey, which still is delicious. It's still good. 38 bucks. Not bad. That is better than not bad. Fantastic. So uh, Aquinas has this uh, homily on the law of hospitality, specifically going over Romans 12, 13, when St. Saint, uh, Paul talks about being, you know, be hospitable. And in typical Aquinas fashion, he gives this, there are four motives for us to be moved towards hospitality. And then he breaks down each four motive with like three subsets. You know, right. uh, typical, I would love to have heard, I wish we had a recording of Aquinas giving a homily. You know, or, like, I just would love to hear. What if he had a super high-pitched voice? Like, what? What, what if he's like, <laughs> all right, guys, there are four subsets. That just totally ruin it. Yeah. Ruin Aquinas for you. Right. He's like this big fat guy. He's like, he walks up. He's like there with his like a stately bearing, gorgeous bald head. And now. (laughs) He's like, sounds like Mickey Mouse at the the Hambo. Oh, I hope he's laughing right now. Totally laughing. Yeah. He seemed like a pretty jolly guy. Yes. Uh, so but, so he has four motives for us to move to hospitality. Uh, the first one is the command. It's the command of the Lord to be hospitable. You have to do it. You have to or do it. Or you'll die. Or you'll die. So he, he breaks it down into three parts, basically, uh, for the command of the Lord. It's it's a law by nature, by the old law, and by the new law. What does that mean? I don't even know what that means. Uh, so by nature is we, deserve, uh, we desire it, so we should give it. In natural law, you know, okay. if you want do it. Do it to others. As, as, yeah. Sorry, I'm um, the sorry, I'm, I'm I'm boring you already. Yeah, you're just being super boring. It's Aquinas, so no, it's you. <laughs> it's definitely me. <laughs> uh, the old law by obligation to the poor, like we have an uh, obligation to help the poor, like kind of the old covenant, kind old of like covenant. the Jewish mm-hmm. Jewish law, sort of. That's my understanding, okay. at least. Um, and then the new law is be be not forgetful to attain to entertain strangers. In uh, Hebrews thirteen two, it talks about how. Um, Where you have often entertained angels or something? Yes, yes, which is so weird to think about. It's like, what? Yeah, Greg. Greg was an angel. He's not even a real dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about you, Greg from Phoenix. <laughs> I would love if he if he was listening to that. Um, uh, so the second motive he talks about though is is from the example of saints. Okay, and he actually goes, I think, a little. Um, Deeper than what we will go tonight on this example, but he talks. No, about, yeah, shocker. Uh, I'll link. I'll link the homily in our show notes if you are interested in reading the whole thing. But uh, he talks about how the the saints were willing to be burdened uh, burdened of its uncomforts of basically not putting yourself first. Uh-huh. I'm willing to sacrifice to make sure that you're taken care of, to make sure that you feel welcome, that yeah. you don't feel like that 
you being here is a burden to me. Detachment gives you the freedom to be hospitable. When you detach yourself, when you understand that, like the things, when you adopt a stewardship mentality, mm-hmm. you know, stewardship is like, you know, it's like, under, how much, how much of your money does stewardship say you should give to your, give to the the church? All of it. Ten percent, fifty percent. You know, people like the trick right. is oh, ten percent, a tithe. A hundred percent is the right answer. So like, I got it right. All the stuff that I have, it's not like, it's I'm stewarding them. For the Lord, right? So they're not even, it's not even my stuff. Right. It's the stuff that the Lord has given to me to use in his service. Now, for most most of the time, 99.9% of the time, that means like for my family, you know, whatever it is, it's the, the dinner table will, the Lord gave me a table so that my, my family could eat, have a good, beautiful place to eat. Mm-hmm. But occasionally, that means that other people need to eat there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, detachment gives you freedom to be hospitable like uh j- like hospitable just in abundance abundantly hospitable the burden of abundance the bird you know what i've i've used that phrase a lot lately cuz we're harvesting from the garden mm-hmm. like tomatoes you know just like i i've had i've literally instituted a 5 tomato minimum per day the girls have to eat. You have to eat five tomatoes. Today. Cherry tomatoes. Well, they're like pear tomatoes. Okay. They're, so they're about the same, about the size of a cherry tomato. Not. We're not talking about like, <laughs> this big. Go get those celebrities. <laughs> yeah. Go get that beef. You got to eat five beef eater tomatoes. <laughs> I'm just over there today. <laughs> Elizabeth is just there taking bites out of. Dad, them. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> yeah. Eat the tomato. <laughs> but there is. There's a burden. Of it is. I mean, it's like you're getting all this stuff and. Like what am I gonna do with it? Uh, yeah, don't throw it away. Right. You have to. You do. You have to figure out what to do with it. So yeah, that's the kind of that's the kind of generosity and hospitality we we should strive for. Mm-hmm. Another one he talks about is the example uh, from an example from saints is a protection of guests from harm, mm-hmm. and he uses the it's a, a patriarchal custom to protect guests uh, from from violence. Mm-hmm. You know, and as a you know, we talk about as man, we protector, provider, establisher, protector to even of guests in your home, mm-hmm. which I thought was once again, I think was a lot more significant back in the day, where uh, you know, I mean, if you're just traveling, literally wild beasts, wild beasts could set upon you at night. Yeah, I mean that's like a it's a real thing. I mean, probably it won't it won't happen to you, but it could. Um, there are other points. I mean, think about, uh, the, the Nazis. I mean, that was like a real, that was big time going on. Yeah. Like I'm going to bring you into my home knowing, you know, my own, I'm protecting you from violence, my own, my own freedom. I mean, talk about, talk about hospitality and giving up. Oh, it's like one thing to give somebody some bread. It's another thing to give up your very freedom to protect them for, to protect somebody, you know, like was done in the Netherlands and um, Germany. I mean, all, all the Nazi-occupied mm-hmm. places. I mean, just, yeah, that could happen again. I mean, yeah. I'm sure that it will happen again at some point, somewhere. You know, Hopefully, like, let's pray not to that magnitude. Oh, I hope, magnitude, I hope not, but at least. You know. Right. No, I agree. But then, but then he goes, the last point I thought was very interesting. He says, so that they may see the joy and gladness in you. Hmm. Right, and so this is the whole idea of 
you know, it's hard to evangelize somebody unless you get to know them, unless they know who you are, they care about, they know that you care about them. Uh, and then all of a sudden they say, wow, you're, you know, your whole family is smiling. Your whole family is joyful. They're all working together as a unit. It's very clear that you guys have things working well. It's a well-oiled machine, if you will. What is going on? What about this is different? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think hospitality, uh, especially, um, we kind of talked about this the other day in our community episode, how when you have good community, there's a festivity about mm-hmm. it. Hospitality kind of is the same way that there's, there's uh, when you have someone over and you're, I think it's exciting. I like hosting. I like um, I especially like it when people are staying with you, mm-hmm. you know, um, like maybe they're going to stay a couple of days with you and you like really get to be hospitable because you, they get to see your family, you know, you get to invite them in, like, come be a part of my family with me for a few you know, like a short time or whatever. I really do enjoy that. There's something fastidious about it. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? Fastidious? Sure. We're, pe- we're going to use it. I think it. the peepster said festivious. We're going with it. Yeah. So, you know, there's like, uh, sort of like when you, like you see little kids, my like my daughters, they get a new doll and they get excited to show the doll, to like, here, play with my new doll. Right. You know, to share the doll. With others. they like it so much, mm-hmm. right? You know, so it's kind of similar. Like, oh, I'm, ex- I'm excited, like, let me get you something to drink, you know. Let, I mean, me, let me give you the best of what I have. Our, our kids love when we have people over and we, we get to add a guest spot on the prayer board. Oh, yes. Big time. Yes, everybody gets to, you know, there's guests gets gets to add a prayer to the prayer board. Yeah. And so they all get to go. They all get to say their thing. And they all, it's like every time Luke Luke looks over at the person, see what I did? See yeah. what I did? And they always try to group their prayer intercession with the saints, of the patron saint of this, you know. It's just really funny. But yeah, they want to be a, they want uh, for you to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And you want to give them your best. You don't want to, I mean, only a, if, if you're having someone over, but it's like, all right, well, I'm not going to give you my best stuff because I'm saving that for myself. And you're just a miser. You, you know, you're not being generous. You're not, a, you're not being hospitable. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you have that festivity about it, it's like, oh, let's open the best bottle of wine we have. Let's open whatever. Because the best is meant to be shared with others. If you if you want something, I mean, like if you want something, if you want to try something that we have, I've been waiting for this moment to open it. Right. You know. Yeah. And I yes, I'm excited. By about the way, it, I've been so. meaning to tell you, I'd like to come over. I know you have that nice bottle of whiskey at your house. Which uh, one? Yeah, several. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like you to open one of them. In fact, uh, today we had people over for dinner, and he goes, "Do you have a drinking problem?" And I said, "I don't have a problem with my drinking." And he's like, well, you got a lot of stuff over here. I was like, look, Sam, if I had a drinking problem, I wouldn't have all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be drinking it and it wouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> this is because I'm not drinking it. That's yeah. why it's all still here. Been waiting for you. Right, yeah. Uh, so Aquinas talks about, the next thing he talks about, number three, on uh, motives for us to be moved towards hospitality. He talks about the evils that are incurred when by those who are unwilling to exercise hospitality. And we're going to hit uh, the end of this here pretty soon, so... We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the evils, and then he ends it with the three reasons we ought to be given hospitality. Uh, so he kind of ends it on a good note. But he talks about the three evils incurred by those unwilling to exercise hospitality. And the first one is is that uh, they are punished by the Lord, first of all. So punished by the Lord. Take so that. that. So that uh, it, sin makes you dumb and blind, and so you don't understand, like, 
you get stuck in your rust. You don't. You're not. Your eyes aren't open to see helping others. Uh, Wisdom nineteen thirteen is where he pulls it from. It's gonna get hit in the face with a Jesus sandal. Would not be good. So if you're listening on the radio, uh, tune into the podcast. Go to thecatholicmanshow.com. We'll continue this conversation. Go check us out because we're going to be opening up the Catholic Mancho camp out here pretty soon as well. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. So the first one, like I said, they are punished by the Lord. Big one. Um, that should be one that you should uh, be pretty nervous about. And fear, yeah, so fear, uh, the, either be hospitality or it's... Purgatory timeout for you. He talks so much about your neighbor that it's almost like it's connected. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like your Je- neighbor. Jesus, is Jesus, Jesus did. I mean, yeah. it's like love thy neighbor, blah, blah, blah. So it's like. But at one, who is my neighbor? Yeah. Well, I am your neighbor. Yeah. I mean, I've got, a pe- you know, like Adam's several houses away. I'm not even sure he's my neighbor. Right. Hmm. So anyway, so he talks about how, you know, they uh, they're punished by the Lord. You know, sin makes you um, dumb. Sin sin makes you dumb. Yeah, makes you like D U M M M N. Like dumb. Yeah, but so you're so uh, so you get punished by you punished by the Lord. Why you're I'm not so much smarter than you, probably because you're such a big sinner. Well, that's not inaccurate. And I don't do that anymore. <laughs> that's one of the things I don't do. <laughs> Uh, but the next one is is he talks about uh, being confronted in your in your judgment. You know, Christ talks about this. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. I was uh, hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. Yeah, and that's like the man. That one should be a, one that was very fearful as well, right? Like your your last judgment and I wasn't hospitable to everybody else. I wasn't welcoming the, welcoming them into my home, welcoming them into into the church. Um, yeah. So this is a book we have when it comes to hospitality. We've talked about it. It's been a man gear we did. It's a book on etiquette. Oh, yes. I, I cannot remember, remember. It's like the book on etiquette. So there was a woman like in the 20s mm-hmm. or like early 1900s. She wrote this book on etiquette. It was like it defined etiquette. And it keeps getting updated every... And then her daughter like... It, upda- put, it gets updated a lot. now it's the granddaughter who's, who's putting of the okay. same... And uh, Emily something. Or. Yeah, Emily something. But um, there's just a lot of really great stuff in there that for me, I think, you know, I don't get to host a lot. But if somebody's staying at your house, you know, oh, here's some good things to do to make them feel welcome so that, you know, uh, you can be hospitable. Um, and so I really recommend that book. Uh, it's not a Catholic book. Um but it does get in. It does get into some like moral questions, like hospitality. What do you do when you're if you have an adult son who's not married, who wants to bring his girlfriend for Christmas? What do you do? And she she talks about it, and uh, so she says like, if you don't want them to stay in the same room, you have the right to enforce that rule in your home. Um, and they. You know, and so she talks about like that's not being unhospitable because you have those rules. You have for, rules because right. you have those rules for your house. Um, so I appreciated that she, you know, she doesn't 
cave in. So it's a good book to get, but it also talks about like having something on the bedside table with the Wi-Fi password. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like stuff that I wouldn't have necessarily thought of to do. Mm-hmm. I would have wanted to do. Right. And I would do if I had if they had occurred to me. And so like that book, it's first of all, it's huge. It covers all kinds of situations. And it's good to know what is like the appropriate respectful thing to do in certain like kind of unusual situations that you might find yourself. Mm -hmm. It's a good resource. I was going to go into this later, but I mean, it's going to kind of uh, piggyback off what you were just saying is like, you should orient your house when having guests to hospitality, right? When they walk in, they should not feel like they're like that they're being burdened or uh, they're burdensome to you. So everything should be oriented towards them, right? Uh, the play, Everything should be set at the table. You know, like you said, like if they're staying the night, Wi-Fi password would be there. Maybe a, a bottle of water. Um, making sure that everything is taken care of to where there's no issues. That's something that, like Jay Thomas, Deacon Jay Thomas is is great at when he hosts people. Everything is set perfectly to serve the guests. Right. But to, uh, from the plates to the food, to the drinks, where are the drinks located, where are we going to be, to where we're going to be praying. I mean, it's just like everything is oriented towards servicing the guests. Uh-huh. Um, and what that takes is a little bit of, uh, you know, the virtue of foresight, you know, being able to see what's going to happen, how things are going to happen, and, and, and predict what the needs will be um, throughout the night to be prepared for it. Yeah, not all houses uh, facilitate hospitality in the same way. Um, sure. Like, for instance, my house is not a good house for hosting large groups of people. There's not a, I don't have a space for people to gather. You know what I mean? Um, it's a, it's a, it's, serves a family very well, but it does not serve like 12 to 14 people very well. We make it work, you know? So like, there are things you can do if you if like this is something that you want to take more seriously that you could just like look at your space little often it's little things you can modify change add remove that can help uh, the space serve the hospitalityness in a better way you know and so those are just things to keep in mind um, if you're taking hospitality seriously. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, so the three evils. The first one was you know uh, punished by the Lord. The, the second one is is in your day of judgment. I was a stranger and you gave me uh, no shelter. I was hungry. You gave me no food. And then the last one he says is you shall be uh, shut in a, a evil uh, habituation. Like so, he's talking about from uh, Matthew twenty five four, uh, the lamp and the oil. There's some people in an evil. What said that one more time? Uh, you'll be shut shut up in an evil habit habit. I can't even say it now. Habituation? Habituation. What does that mean? Uh, evil habits. Okay. Um, you know, like, because you're so blind now that, you know, he uses the example of, you know, the oil with the lamps, the, the dumb people didn't even bring oil with their lamps. So they, they couldn't even have the light. Right. You know, the wise brought both oil and lamps so well, that they, they, they could see. They didn't bring extra oil anyway. Right. Um, so he uses that as an example. So I, I mean, each one kind of rolls into into the next one, right? Uh-huh. Um, 
So then the last one he talks about is the three reasons we ought to be given hospitality. And the first one is by doing this, we, we gain grace. He uses the example of woman in Samaria who talked to Christ, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was, you know, this grace builds on nature. The more, you, the more you do this, the more grace you'll be, you'll be given um, and could be monumental. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one he talks about is... is it was by, for her. It was for her. Uh, change your life. This is kind of like what you hinted at earlier: is that by doing this, we are frequently entertained, uh, uh, entertain angels and saints. Mm-hmm. And he uses uh, Hebrews thirteen one: uh, "Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware." I'm like, I wonder if I've done that. I bet I have. I bet I do it all the time. Yeah, St. Raphael with Tobit. I'm going to get get to heaven and find out my wife was an angel. <laughs> like, I knew it. I had my... Like, there's some metaphysical issues there. I had my suspicions. <laughs> I like them. <laughs> but, so, I, I would like to add this to the show because I found it fascinating. While you guys were talking, I looked up who is the patron saint of uh, hospitality. Uh, I think I looked this up as well. Was it um, Saint Saint Benedict. Julian? Julian. Julian. Yeah. Saint Muy bien. Yeah. Like uh, well, I mean, I looked it up. Like a Julian salad. No, like a uh, the drink Julian. I thought that was a Julius. Oh, it is a Julius. Yeah. You're talking about orange Julius. Uh, yeah. Delicious. <laughs> I haven't had one of those in forever. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said it wrong because I hadn't had it in a long time either. But. So bringing it back, do you know why he's a patron saint of hospitality? I, I looked it up, but I, I don't recall why. I don't even know. Really the story was incredible, so I have to share it. The when Saint Julian was born, a witch, a pagan witch, casted a curse on him to kill his father and mother at an elder age, and uh, his father wanted to get rid of the kid when he saw the witch do that. But the mother didn't let him. So the mother let him. He lived. And then at a, at a time, he like he went away to his own life. And his father and mother went out to look for them. For him at, at a point. So they're praying in a the church. They want to find him. Uh, because he knew where he lived. So as they're leaving the church, uh, they see a woman sitting on a chair. And they're needing hospitality. So uh, the they're, woman says... They're needing hospitality? Yeah, because they were looking for him. Okay. So they're like, no much at this point, going from town to town looking for him. Gotcha. So his wife said, yeah, come on in uh, to, my, to, to my house. My husband, Julian, is out hunting for, for food. So she's like, oh, your, your son is Julian. That's our son. So they go to her their house, and his wife is so hospitable that she offers them their bedroom. Okay, mm. so his wife offers her parents their bedroom while uh, for for sleeping, uh, and she gets back to town. The dev- but Julian is out hunting, so the devil. Uh, appears to Julian while he's hunting and says, uh, while you were out hunting, 
your wife is cheating on you and they're now laying in your bed. And Julian is like stern with rage and says, you know, how can this be, whatever? And he was going to go out and, of course, what he's going to do? Kill the man in the bed for cheating and then the woman too. But he ends up just turning back and walking out of town, just leaving. And then as he's leaving, he walks through town and he sees his wife uh, sitting with a group of women. And he's like, I thought you were cheating on me. I was like, no. Your parents showed up and you're, uh, they're in her house right now. I offer them more bed. So he realizes what the devil had done at the time. You know, composes the, the rage and everything and then goes and reunites with his parents. So because his wife was so hospitable and because he was able to handle the whole thing so well, uh, he's a patron saint of saints. Of uh, He's a patron saint of hospitality. Oh. Yeah. I did not know that story. No biggie. I find it so awesome. And I have seen his statue. I've seen, I've heard that one before. I've seen his statue in some churches. He has a palm in his hand and a sword in the other hand. So. Peace. Yeah. So is he related to the salad at all? Is the salad named after him? I have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know about a Julian salad? No idea. There's that one movie where he's like, you're more shredded than a Julian salad, brah. Is it because of Julius Caesar? I'm pretty sure it's Tropic Thunder. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. But I just, I I saw this story, I thought it was cool, I wanted to share it with everybody out there. It's a good story. Yeah. Yeah, so John Bell, okay. I've Uh, been trying to pull up that... Post. I yeah, so, it on so John Bo- John Bell brought up the the point of expectations of having your house very clean whenever you're having people over, and how ha- how you have to there has to be some kind of give and take, right? You live in the house. Remember that uh, hilarious YouTube video of the, this guy like saying like we can't have them know that we live in this house. Everything must be clean, you know. And he's like running around. And he actually is like dressed up as a mom and acting like that he's freaking out right like, they can't know we sit they, our cushions look like they've been set on you know and he's like freaking out do you remember this video no, i have not seen oh, it. oh dude it's hilarious but we Haley and i make make that joke every time we have people over and it's like they can't know we live here it has to be clean <laughs> you know uh and i think there is a, a give and take right you can't have your house your house has to be oriented towards hospitality like it can't be such a wreck that uh it's not welcoming to other people but you also live in this house, and there has to be a realization of, listen, I have four kids. Right. Um, everything is not just immaculate, and you can't let the uh, uh, the perfect be the enemy of the good, right? You can't just sit there and not invite anybody over because my house is never, ever clean enough to have people over. You should also strive for a level of order that it stays clean enough for people to come over. I mean, right. I understand that's uh, ideal, Mm-hmm. And uh, it's you know it's idealism versus reality, realism. But you should you should clean your house before people come over. I mean, right? Okay, so the last one, so the so the three reasons to to be hospitable according to Aquinas in, in this um, homily he gave is you know it, it, uh, we gain grace, uh, we f- frequently entertain saints and angels, which is just such a spirituality mysticism that I think we lose in today's Western culture. Yeah. The Eastern Catholics 
do a much better job at, at the mysticism aspect. Uh-huh. Uh, but the last one is, is by, by doing this, we shall be received into e- an eternal, heavenly, and glorious uh, habit of, of into eternal life. Because he says, come ye blessed children of my father, inherit thy kingdom. Um, and so he, he uses the example that uh, we're, when you're hospitable, you bring people into communion, which is what we're made for. We're made for communion. This is what eternal life will be, that we will all be in communion with one another. Um, so you're just preparing yourself for the heavenly reality of the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, when you sit down at a table with somebody, you're really giving them like a part of yourself. Uh can you ima- hold on? Can you imagine like actually hearing a homily like that though? Like, I have four p- points to talk about here today on hospitality, and you like go through each point, and each point has three subsets of points as you're going through it, and it all flows together, each one building upon one another. I I don't hear a whole lot of homilies like that um, today. Uh, rhetorics is not that's not the style of rhetoric that we yeah it, expect. We've kind and, of and what we have today. Yeah, it's less catechesis yeah i mean today it's it's just different you know they tell more it'd be it'd be very interesting to hear and honestly i think it'd be boring but it depends on how it It would be difficult to hear it because it's not what we're used to Um, it depends on how good they are it'd be very hard to follow Um, that's what i was wondering like how hard would it be like at the end of it would i remember how many bullet points would i remember exactly What, what how much would you actually be able to take away from it um and I don't. Maybe, maybe people back then were thinking we're, that like we're much dumber this now. This Aquinas guy, he's like way too smart for me, and I doubt it. I'm not sure. I can't remember. I think, His homilies are great if I could just remember some of them. I think he did a really good. I think he was a. I think he was really good. Well, obviously, but that doesn't mean people remembered his homilies. But I, anyway, I think at the time, the homilies were seen as like the time to learn. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't More have, catechesis. oh, you didn't have all this book and stuff. So it's like the expectation was that you were there, like you were sitting at a college classroom, right? Right now, that's not the case. You have to like connect with the people, and you have you to bring, tell, start off with a joke, joke, story, <laughs> lure them in, hook bait, sink. You know, it's like. <laughs> I love when it, I love when Juan uses like little idioms, you know. <laughs> Hashtag hookbaitsink. <laughs> You're welcome. It's so great. I love it, Juan. But, um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I just thought that it was really interesting. You know, I mean, he puts a lot of like, there's a lot on the line when it comes to being like that he's talking about in this homily of of being hospitable. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I think that. I'm just looking at it from my point of view a lot of times, like that very beginning quote that we said, you know, Christian hospitality from the beginning involves heavy burdens for the community. And specifically heavy burdens a lot of times for your family, from your domestic church, the community within your home. Yeah. Um, And there's times like, even like, you know, with with you and Juan, like we all like to get together. We all like to have fun. But there's times like, oh man, it's just almost kind of inconvenient. I mean, I want to go with you guys and have dinner or whatever, but like, I have other things I really got to be doing. Right. Um, it's kind of inconvenient, but it's so important to not only for yourself, for leisure, but also for your your family, for your yeah. for your kids. Um, so in my mom's family, just I like following up with that story about St. Uh, Julian. Julian. Um, 
they had a tradition about when they would have uh, guests, and I think it was like mostly between each other. My mom's one of nine, so like when one of their siblings would come over, they would let they would the guest would sleep in their in their bedroom, like in the master bedroom. Um, Not that hospitable, which is a little bit weird. But is very hospitable. Um, it happened to me and Pamela once. We went to stay with my uncle John, one of my mom's brothers, and we didn't realize it at first. But like later on, we figured out this is their mask. They were just kind of moving. So uh, my uncle John, he was a widower. He had just gotten remarried, and so he and his new wife were like trying to combine households. So they had like a lot of stuff in some of the bedrooms, and so. We, re- we realized we were in their master bedroom. They gave us their bedroom mm-hmm. to sleep in. Um, and it was like, wow. Yeah, I, was, I was taken aback by it a little bit. That Why did he do that? He didn't have to do that. Right. You know, and it was just like uh, kind of humbled, you know. And uh, it is a very generous thing because I don't know. Like, do you move all your stuff? Do you like take your clothes out first? You know, like... You know what I mean? You don't, get, uh, you don't it's get a, that scrupulous about it. But if you let them stay in there, what if you have to get dressed? Like, hey, you're knocking on the... You're just like, they're still asleep, and you need to get dressed. It's like, you go yeah. knock on... It's like, hey, sorry, I just... Uh, I just have my underwear's in here. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up at 5.30, you know? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know how you... That is a big... Di- it's like, you gotta, like, really plan for some stuff, and... sure. But obviously, it's the best bed, mm-hmm. you know. Like, like my kids' bed, crap. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> they they have the worst bed. Sleeping on hay, right? <laughs> I mean, when you only weigh like forty pounds, who cares about how good your mattress is? Right. You know. So, like, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put anybody, because you know, like that quote, it uh, is a sacrifice. A lot of times, it is the kids. So it's like, I remember growing up when we had guests, I was sleeping on the couch. Mm-hmm. So we would, so that people could sleep in my room, you mm-hmm. know, and on a, on a bed. Right. Um, Cause you're not going to put an adult on the couch while your 10 year old sleeps in a bed. Sure. Um, so yeah, that's just what's expected. I just think yeah. we got to be intentional about it. Um, and it's, it's tough. It's tough to do whenever you get swarmed with all of the things that you have going on in your daily life. And a lot of times you can even think about it. And then be like, yeah, but it's just not, the, it's not a good time. Like, you're right. It's not a good time a lot of times. Most of the time, it's not a good time. Mm-hmm. But you still have to, like, you have yeah. to make that time anyway. Yeah, and like you said at the beginning, the hardest thing is just to do it in the first place. Like to mm-hmm. uh, initiate, mm-hmm. the hosp- you know, when you see somebody. Um, that's why it's a good idea to think about, I mean, it's a good idea to be talking about it right now. And to just think about it. So you can say... Uh, we have a plan for hospitality. If we meet a new couple at church, we are going to do this. We're going to invite them over, and that's why we have the, the cookies the, over here, the Danishes, you know, or something. Right. You know, like that's we have something ready mm-hmm. to be hospitable. Mm-hmm. There was some comedian like about like don't touch the mom was always like freaking out about don't touch the cake. I have no idea who that was. I don't either. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, like the cake is for guests. But my my parents did that. 
Right. You, like, I mean, you have this stuff. You have ready. Just, well, what if somebody comes over? <laughs> right. We have to give them coffee and cake. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have, it's embarrassing if somebody, even if like somebody just drops in, which nobody does anymore. No. Cell phones just killed that game. Like the only person that I could really see just like. Didn't it? Out of, yeah, it totally. Just like dropping in. Without, for, without without calling is one is one posada yeah it's the one own. posada might just like not even knock yeah and just walk just into walk your in. house like hey i'm glad yeah. you have clothes on yeah true and, story true in story. fact uh we had to implement a rule with Juan at our house it was like Juan, listen you have to knock before you come into our house is that true one do they did you have to not have knock but i had to give him a heads you up have to give be- me a heads up before hey i'm on my way yeah he has to give me a heads up because there were times that were just not. You know what I did? Bad timing. But I mean, it's totally a cultural thing. Like when I was staying in Colombia. I would so use this if I was living somewhere else. Oh, oh, yeah. oh it's sorry. Cultural. It was just cultural. Cultural. In America. Thing. In America. Language we, card. Everybody gives you, gives the guest money. Right. Yeah. Like, well, yeah it's yeah. a cultural thing. I don't know why. Here's my no, ba- Here's the basket. Please put $20. So when I graduated. When I, <clears throat> When I graduated from college, I went to Colombia and I lived there for about a year and a half. And I rented a room at a family's house while I was working there. And I lived with them for like a year and a half. And I'm telling you, neighbors and people will drop in all the time. Like it was expected that you had a a a pot of coffee going from like two to seven and some cookies and thing because somebody was gonna drop in and uh, it was or cousins uncles uh, yeah not even this is late 21st century uh, but there were other people dropping completely not a call no heads up no nothing hey so, such and such showed up get the cookies out uh, get the coffee out. We're gonna talk for a little bit, and uh, it was just like they were doing the rounds. Wednesdays, I'm visiting such and such. Tuesdays, I'm visiting such and such. It was beautiful. It was so beautiful to see uh, the community. Just like, and you know what? They wouldn't stay in for like twenty, thirty minutes, and then go. Eat all all the desserts. He said, and then go go. You know, it's not like I'm expected to be here for dinner. I'm I'm just gonna stop by, say hi, check how you're doing, and then go visit somebody else or go to my house. You know what that reminds me of? You remember at Sam's when they used to have all like the free samples of food, and it's just like one little bite of food. But if you went to all the places, you could get a, a solid, you know, like a square meal. That's what that reminds me of. Like, <laughs> I don't have any dinner plans. I'm gonna go hit the Smiths, then the Johnsons. I'm just gonna walk the neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> get a get a cookie over there. Yeah, maybe some cheese sandwiches over there. Yep. Well, haven't you heard the phrase a uh, add a cup of water to the soup? Is that not a phrase here? Uh, no. I think like I've heard it a couple of times. We're just like so rich here but, that we just have a lot of soup. We have yeah, all the soup. All the soup. But that's that's where it came from. It's like in down there, 
in South America, you're visiting, and in your rounds, sometimes you just happen to hit dinner time. And somebody would say, add a cup of water to the soup. We have guests over. Now it's even more bland. No, it was never bland. <laughs> it was always delicious. It was always rich. Uh, but you add a cup of water to have enough for the guests. Jim is trying to get another. Listen, he's had like three Kathy pours tonight. Yes, you so, you're scandalizing everybody. I just Sorry. wanted to. Well, Jim's, Jim's a big man, so he Stop. can. Stop. Anyway, I don't have anything else I don't think about hospitality other than I just hope that people will. Uh, you just gotta be ready. You know what I mean? Have be, a plan. Be intentional. Be intentional. Be intentional. I mean, it's sort of and like. It'd be sweet if, somebody, if other people started doing the novena. It's sort of like. Yeah. Traveling the, novena. The, parable that we you talked about that jesus talked you know the virgins with the oil mm-hmm. there were there were some virgins who were prepared mm-hmm. who had made a plan and some who weren't that was you my know. that was actually me yeah and that's that why was, that's why i'm yeah. saying so like aquinas just rips me off you're you, you are not going to be it's not like you get to decide when you have the opportunity to be hospitable sometimes mm-hmm. you do sometimes you know you invite people over and you know like yeah but a, a lot of times you don't and so you have to be ready all the time because you do not know when the bridegroom will show. You know, so have a plan um, that's w- that's reasonable for your means and for what you can offer. I mean, like, not all families can offer the same sorts of things, and that's okay. You know, you sh- it's, you're not expected to like look when I can. I went over to the the Smiths and they had caviar. You don't have caviar to offer me. It's like no. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's not it. You just offer them the things that you have, you know, so have have a plan. You want to be ready. Bring people into the church. Be disciples. And then lock the doors and say that they can't leave until they... Um, the beings will profess, continue until you become Catholic. Until they profess the creed. Right. 